this is Scott Becker. We've got a very special webinar broadcasting today on the subject that's key to everybody's mind right now, motivation and resilience. Uh, we've got five great panelists. This will be a joint webinar, uh, Becker's Healthcare, uh, Becker Group Business Leadership, C-Suite Reports, and, and just delighted to have five great panelists. We're going to talk to those five panelists about, first we're going to ask them to introduce themselves, then we'll talk to them about their best advice on staying motivated and focused, particularly in a time of crisis like this coronavirus crisis. We'll then talk to each one of them about resilience, the best ways to bounce back from challenges and problems, and finally, we'll ask them for their final piece of advice. So with that, I'll start to ask each of our panelists to introduce themselves. Thank you. Dan Michelson, let me start with you and ask you to give a quick intro as to what you do in, in your role and so forth. Thanks, Scott. I appreciate it. And a really important time to have a really important conversation. Uh, my background is I've been in healthcare for 30 years. Uh, on that trail included uh, AstraZeneca, Baxter, about 12 years helping me to build out the electronic health record market. And then the last eight, as the CEO of Strad Decision Technology, we work with over 200 health systems on the financial planning, analytics, and performance management side of the house. Dan, just a real quick question. You're working with 200 health systems right now. You've built a great company. What's some of the temperature of the, not, not the physical temperature, but the emotional temperature of some of the people you're talking to right now? I, I know it's not business as usual. What's the stress component? How bad is it? Or, or what are you sensing with people you're talking to? Yeah, I actually think people are rising to the occasion, Scott. I mean, this, you know, people go into healthcare because they care. And, uh, you know, that's the one magnet that attracts all of us and, and why we stay in it. Um, so we just rolled off a conference call uh, that we uh, notified our customers of yesterday. Uh, we had 200 health systems on uh, that, uh, that WebEx, just trying to figure out uh, what comes next and, and, and how to best steer and gear you know, their organization, you know, as they move forward. Um, so, you know, I think, um, you know, it's certainly a stressful time, um, but, it, you know, obviously, as with any kind of stress, you know, there's a, a way to use it to motivate you or deflate you. And uh, I'd say, you know, those in the healthcare space are, are highly motivated uh, right now and in all the right ways. Thank you. And it certainly gives people that purpose that many need. And, and so it does have that strange silver lining. Amy, let me ask you to introduce yourself. Sure. Uh, first off, Scott, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm a recovering lawyer. I was a partner at a law firm here in Chicago and then the dean of students at the University of Chicago Law School. And I'm now a certified career development and career transitions coach. And our company, Apochromatic, does a, a variety of career-focused services. So one-on-one, -on -one, coaching for professionals who want to advance in their career or transition to another role. And we're either hired for that either by the um, professional directly or by employers that want to um, help their folks advance or land on their feet and want to minimize bad feelings and unemployment claims. Um, we also do small group mastermind programs, workshops on career skills and group coaching. And we're actually moving to launch an online course on executive presence. And then finally, we have a a service called Resume Redo that just helps professionals with their resumes. So not full career coaching, but resumes, mock interviews, and things like that. And Amy, just really quickly, the same question I asked Dan, 
And I'll ask each of you this, just in, in your world, the people that you're talking to, mm-hmm. you do a lot of career counseling, a lot of people trying to figure out their next steps, trying to help them find their next steps, also talking to lots of law firms and companies. What's the temperature you're hearing right now? And, and just do a quick sense of that. I think people are certainly concerned, uh, but I wouldn't say panicked at this point. Um, we're having a lot of people reach out to us just in, even in the last couple of days saying, you know, I talked to you a couple months ago about maybe getting my resume in order, but didn't act on it. I'm feeling like maybe now is the time I want to be ready just in case. Um, and I think people are really looking for support. My phone calls have been taking longer than usual. Just um, people want to want to get support. Um, and our we have for our mastermind groups, we've actually added a couple of additional calls. They already have weekly calls on content, but we're finding that they really want to just get together and vent, check in and have some social interaction because people are worried, I think, and, and the isolation, I think, is really difficult for a lot of people. No, I think that's right on. Thank you. Lotus, a quick introduction for yourself. Hi, I'm Lotus Buckner. I work with Northwest Community Healthcare. We're out in the suburbs of Chicago, Illinois, um, and Resilience is certainly on the minds of our industry and our organization right now. Been in healthcare um, for 10 years um, and HR for 11. In my um, healthcare career, I've done three years in IT and seven in HR. Glad to be here. And, and let me ask you a question. You sort of live on the front lines or the hospital itself. Are, are people sort of, um, is it the calm before the storm? I mean, people are starting to get lots of calls with everybody they think that has the coronavirus. What's the temperature on the front lines of what you're seeing? Yeah, so in the Chicagoland area, we've certainly been hit already. So the calm is gone. (laughs) Um, But the amazing thing that I've just been sharing with everybody is that our healthcare workers, while there's so many people working from home, our healthcare workers are showing up every single day. And I'm not just talking about your nurses and your doctors. We um, have a command center up and running, and we have pools of employees um, who are pitching in with additional hours and just willing to do anything it takes to um, keep our operations going and take care of our most critical patients right now. So it's been an amazing thing to see people come together this way. That's fantastic and encouraging. Thank you. Rick, you work at one of the largest accounting firms in the country. You did a ton of work with private equity, with government lobbying, a ton of fascinating mix of work. Can you introduce yourself and, and tell us what you're seeing there? Are people still business as usual, obviously from remote, or is it panicked, or what's going on? Yeah, no, thanks, Scott. Um, yeah, I'm Rick Kess. I'm a partner at, at RSM, and I focus in the healthcare industry. And, and you know, we we have roughly uh, 2,000 healthcare clients across the country, many of them hospital systems. Many of them, many of those that aren't hospital systems are providers and in various different specialty areas. And um, our sense is that, you know, depending on the type of provider, it it varies in terms of how they're reacting. I think the specialty providers, um, often backed by private equity group uh, interests are are concerned about delaying procedures and cancellations and things like that and how that might affect their cash flows as well as, you know, generally those organizations are, are highly leveraged and require capital and, and uh, debt financing a lot of times in, in the debt market has, has changed dramatically in the last seven days. So 
Uh, I think they're a little concerned from that perspective as well. Um, and then hospital systems are obviously reacting, um, you know, very quickly to, you know, the patients being the focus of how they uh, focus on, you know, getting through this storm. So, you know, I think we aren't surprised by either's reaction, but they are somewhat different in how they are reacting to the, to the situation. Thank you very, very much, Rick. And then, Jordan, can you introduce yourself and give us a sense of who you work with and just a sense of the feel in the market there? And then we'll come back around on motivation and so forth. Sure. Thanks for having me, Scott. Uh, Jordan Johnson, the Director of Data Science at Legion Healthcare Partners. And we're a team of operations experts, clinical advisors, data analysts, and educators, all focused in oncology, cancer care, specifically proton therapy, but also on the billing, coding, and compliance side. Um, I've got 10 years, 10 plus years experience um, as a clinician, uh, radiation therapist, and then moved into administration and then as a consultant. So we kind of see the whole gamut. Um, interestingly enough, dealing with oncology patients uh, during this time is obviously the sick you know, the sickest of the sick patients and the ones we don't want to get the coronavirus. So it's been very interesting um, to see all the clinicians, physicians, administrators step up. And really the biggest concerns are, you know, how do we, how do we um, triage these patients? Which ones need to be treated? Which ones? What are the risks? Um, we can't have these patients sitting in the waiting room. And it's really figuring out um, things were lots of things were previously always done face to face. How can we do some of this remotely, you know, through telehealth and things like that? So um, it's been a collaborative effort. Uh, our touch point is about 300 plus clients all over the country. So thank you very much, Jordan. Just uh, fantastic. Dan, let me start with you. Keeping yourself motivated and focused, generally, I know you do a great job of it, but also in a crisis. Any thoughts on that? Yes, Scott. I mean, I think this is, um, you know, for those of us who work in healthcare, this is probably the most important moment uh, that we'll ever have. Um, so, you know, I think it's safe to say the stakes have never been higher than, and the need has never been greater. Um, so from a motivation perspective, I don't know what more you need than that. Uh, we had an all-hands meeting on, uh, for, on last Thursday spread across 15 different conference rooms to kind of lay out the steps that we were going to take relative to two things, the, the safety of our team and the support of our customers. And uh, because our customer base ref represents roughly 25% of U.S. healthcare, uh, we talked about how lucky we were uh, to be in a position where we get to actually help those who are going to be helping others. You know, so, you know, when it comes to motivation, that that's how I look at it. That's my lens on this. Um, but relative to staying focused, um, I, I would recommend on a personal level that people think about it just as this is the new normal and we got to adjust to it ASAP and create positive habits and, and daily routines. You know, so I'm doing exactly the same thing I was doing before, uh, you know, wake up the same time, have a cup of coffee, go for a run, shower, shave, uh, dress like I would be going to work. And then we've moved 100% of our company to 100% video uh, calls and meetings. Um, because we want to uh, transition to a virtual office. We don't know, none of us know, how long this is going to last. Um, and I don't think it's helpful uh, to wait in anticipation. Um, I think we have to embrace uh, where we're at and be as helpful as we can uh, to those around us, both uh, personally and professionally. In terms of connectivity, do you find the video calls are much more effective than the the voice calls 
because you have a better chance to feel and connect and so forth. What's your sense of that? A hundred percent. I mean, the, the psychology of uh, personal connection is all uh, between your eyes and your mouth, right? It's that triangle uh, that connects people. Um, it's for the same reason that Airbnb puts pictures of people's profiles on, and that's what allows them to be comfortable uh, either staying in a stranger's place or, or having a stranger stay in their place. Um, that, that same type of mentality um, is, is what we all hold so dear. So like on a personal level, once again, professionally, I already told you what we're doing. Uh, you literally cannot have a call with anybody on our team without it being on video. Um, but on a personal level, you know, there's a lot of people we all know uh, who are over the age of 60 who are incredibly isolated, uh, including my mom, who's 78 years old and lives alone. Um, so we're doing video, uh, you know, FaceTime and video with our family members as well. Um, I know my wife isn't listening to this call, um, so I can say this safely. We're going to have a surprise um, a birthday party for her with the whole family tomorrow night, uh, you know, via FaceTime. Um, and, and we're going to be dressing in costumes, too. Uh, so I think there's a way to embrace the now on this, um, but you're not going to be able to do that, um, you know, just by, uh, you know, closing yourself off to the world. You got to open yourself up, but you got to do it in more creative ways. That, that's uh, fantastic. And I think really helpful. Amy, your thoughts on motivation and focus during this time, and then I'll keep on coming back to you with a couple follow-up questions too. Sure. Um, so one thing that I do all the time is I do quarterly goals rather than yearly goals, which I think helps make you um, better able to take into account what's really going on in your life and in the world. And then I also have, I follow Michael Hyatt's system of having a big three every day that you work on. So your big three goals for the day and then your big three for the week. And so that helps me also to be um, more nimble, I guess, as we think about uh, how our goals are changing and how our priorities are changing in this time. But those are things that I do year round that I've found really helpful um, over the last few days. So let me ask you a question. So Dan had mentioned really trying to stick to normal structure and get back mm -hmm. to regular structure. You've mentioned big three, what are your big three things you're going to try and get done today? Plus you've mentioned quarterly goals. Now, in this period of time of this sort of crisis and so forth, I mean, you see all these companies themselves saying, we're no longer going to issue earnings guidance because we just have no idea. Right. How do you go about getting back to sort of this concept of it's the journey, not necessarily the destination, and how do you make sure you keep on making quarterly goals that are meaningful in a time where the world is so uncertain? How do you readjust that? How do you get yourself sort of going again and excited again and, and thinking about those goals? Yeah, so like Dan, I, um, I really triage and focus on what's most important to me, what the non-negotiables are, um, because there might be you know, 20 things you'd like to do in a day, but what are the one or two things that are really most important to you? So um, like Dan, it's really important to me that I exercise and I know that that helps everything else. And so really focusing on those things that are your uh, kind of your the, the most important things for you. And then um, I think focusing on what you can control. So um, I cannot control the fact that I can't go to um, coffee with potential clients, but I can control the fact that I do um, Zoom uh, chats with them over coffee um, and vi video chats with them. Um, I can't control the fact that uh, my public speaking engagements have been canceled, but I can control um, whether I get those rescheduled as um, online presentations. Um, and just focusing on those things that I actually can control. And I, 
I think another thing that I've seen already is that um, some people I think are living in denial and other people are really allowing themselves to wallow in that frustration and upset and that, you know, all the emotions that this situation is bringing up. And I think you have to give yourself time to focus on how you're feeling for a few minutes each day, but then you have to, so you can't be in denial, but you can focus on it, process it for a few minutes every day. And then you've got to move on and focus on the things you can control and the things that you can be doing every day um, to, to help the people around you and to help your business. So really, three or four great thoughts there. It's, it's really, what are your non-negotiable things you have to do? Um, what, what, realize what you can control, what you can't control. You give yourself the chance to process and grieve over the debacle that we're in, and then you play forward, and you move forward. Right. And then a different question, Amy, and you don't have to answer out loud. It's I was not invited to Dan's wife's surprise birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> Were you invited or no? You know, I, I wasn't, but I think that we got a lobby. I think we got a. We need to be something that we may not be able to control it, but we control how hard we lobby for the invitation. That's right. Exactly. Majority rules. Well, majority rules. Exactly. Hey, we'll that's, that's, a secret. That. that's a secret between all of us, okay? So anybody who's on this call, let's just keep that to us. Exactly. And we will. We will. Lotus, your thoughts on motivation and focus generally and then in a crisis? Yeah, so every day I don't think that there are a lot of missions that are more meaningful than healthcare, in my opinion. So the mission um, of healthcare is just extremely motivating to me, as it is for many of my peers. Um, and in crisis mode right now, what's motivating me is doing daily roundings with our employees and our leaders and hearing their feedback on how we can support them and being able to respond to that and knowing that we're making a difference for them while they make a difference for our patients. And that's just, I just can't think of anything more motivating at a time like this. And, and as you do that rounding, I mean, our healthcare workers are sort of like front and center as to who we have to protect so we don't lose those as we go through this crisis. How do you do that rounding? Are you just washing your hands constantly? Are you wearing masks? What kind of steps are you taking to sort of just stay safe while you're trying to keep the spirits up of everybody? Yeah, absolutely. So we follow all of the CDC guidelines and being in healthcare, that's all we're talking about every single day as those guidelines change, right? So we follow all protocols to make sure that all of our employees and our patients are safe um, and you know, knock on wood, we've done a great job of that. Um, and um, it, it's important though to us. So, you know, I'm not considered obviously direct patient care worker, but it's important to me to be here and to be present for our, our employees who are. And when I'm not at work, obviously I'm motivated to stay home because I don't want to add to the problem, problem, right? When you're working in healthcare, you know how serious this is that we're going through in the country today. Um, and so following all protocols with um, proper equipment, washing your hands appropriately, all of those things are critical to how we're operating on a daily basis. Thank you, Lotus. And, and, and so brave and so important, and thank you. Rick, let me ask you the question, motivation, staying focused regularly and in a crisis, a couple thoughts from you as to how you do that, either as an organization, an RSM, or you personally, either is great. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Um, you know, I think 
I echo all the comments everybody else has said in terms of motivation working in the healthcare industry. You know, a vast majority of my clients I personally work on are not-for-profit health systems that are mission-driven, and and just seeing them react in a situation like this has been motivation in 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 a lot of ways. Um, you know, and I think you know beyond that, maybe in a in a regular basis, you know, I, I feel very motivated. You know, from my upbringing, I grew up in a blue-collar home with neither of my parents went to college, and you know, they motivate me all the time. I mean, nearly every day they're sending me uh, text messages or calling me and, and talking about my career, my progression within my firm and, and always reiterating how proud of them, how, how proud of me they are. And, and that is extremely motivating to me and kind of a juxtaposed to that. My father-in-law is a C-level executive at a, at a very large construction company. And, you know, he provides me a lot of, you know, really I think insight in terms of how leaders lead in situations like this. I mean, his 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 day to day is is changed dramatically in the last seven days, and and his his decisions affect you know thousands of people. And so you know, hearing from him and and putting my feet in his shoes temporarily um, has really made me think about how I react and how I enter into every one of my days that I that I'm working and. You know, I think uh, the focused part of, of my life, trying to stay focused, um, you know, has changed quite a bit. I'm at home today, uh, like many, and I have three kids. Uh, two of them are school age. One's an infant. And, you know, it's just changed my life having them home while I'm home and uh, trying to figure out how to balance all those things together and how to integrate my life with my work in ways that I've never experienced before. So it's it's been interesting. My wife has been extremely supportive and helpful through that. And um, I think without, you know, those people in your life that you look to as kind of your rocks or your support system, um, it's really difficult to kind of manage through life in general, and especially during times like this. So I, I would say to me, uh, the critical points on both focus and motivation are are my support system. And, and I think that's just fantastic between both your parents, your spouse, your three kids, all providing a lot of that support and that glue to stay focused and motivated. Uh, and, and, and probably this is a month where you're happier in the accounting consulting profession uh, versus in a lot of other professions. But also a month where if you're in healthcare, you're probably thrilled that healthcare is both busy, scary, and purpose-driven. And so a, a fascinating mix of things and how people look at the world. But thank you for your thoughts and your support system. Probably nothing more important than a lot of us for trying to keep that focus and motivation. He, even Dan mentioned, who is a magnificent leader and CEO, how just critical the support of um, his wife is at this period of time and how, you know, they're sort of turn the clock around to make sure they still surprise on her birthday and so forth, which we are keeping confidential and, and, and Lotus on the front lines of the system. <laughs> And then Amy talking about just the, um, you know, the challenges of the individual she's consulting with and trying to keep them focused and on board and how much they want her time and need her time now and so forth in a, in a you know, in a mix of professional help and therapeutic. Um, you know, as, as someone who's a former dean of a law school, just a brilliant person and in, in these mix of roles to keep people supported. Jordan, uh, your thoughts on motivation and focus, both generally and through this kind of time. Yeah, no, absolutely, and I think I get, I get an interesting uh, perception and perspective because I've listened to everybody already, so I get to kind of filter that. But I think 
I try to really make things a habit and strive for consistency, but really value the process. And I think in this time, motivation can't really be confused with drive. I think motivation is ebb and flow. It's high and low. Nobody's really motivated to jump out in front of the coronavirus and the exposure to Amy's point and Dan's point. It's really a drive of people in healthcare, and you have to have that drive. And the drive is really habitual. It's dialed in on the process, and, and it doesn't waver. I think the, the motivation, where it can be a, a personal conviction to move now, it may not be, you know, long standing. So I think the fail point that many get when with just motivation is, you know, they may be doing it for views, likes, attaboys or something like that or trophies or accolades. I can promise you all of us on this call and everybody that's on the front lines are, are not doing it for any of that. Um, so, you know, you have to stay driven. I mean, if you were in a situation like we are now, um, and there may be some suffering involved and some sacrifices, but that's what it's going to take to figure it out, to grow. You may not be motivated for that, but it's the drive that's going to get you through it. So motivation really is what will stand you on your feet, and then the drive is what's going to push you and move you forward. Help me with that a little bit further, because I always think, much like you do, and I don't, maybe I don't say it very well, you know, drive is long-term and deep. Motivation is a little bit different. But talk to me about how you distinguish motivation versus drive. How do you look at those two? How do you distinguish those two? Yeah, I mean, again, I think I think motivation, like I said, I think motivation is kind of ebb and flow. You know, maybe it's the, the 24 hour or 48 hours you're motivated to do something, but then all of a sudden it's kind of like the New Year's resolution that wears off and you're back to the norm where drive really you're focused on something becoming a habit and being consistent. Um, you know, motivation I always says motivation may not break down a wall. A drive will break down that wall, whatever's in front of you. And I think that's important to what Dan said is why people get in healthcare. I think that's why I often, you know, in any job sector, if people are unhappy, if they get into something for the wrong reasons, it's quickly over time, um, a short time is going to expose itself because the motivation or the drive won't be then that's where that's where you really have to distinguish the two thank you very much and just you've talked about something that a couple of other panels have talked about how important it is this daily structure this daily process to fit oneself in to have a system and, and so important talk about that for just one more minute how important it is for you to have a structure so that you're you know working in a routine working in a structure I know for most of us it's impossible to not to work willy-nilly and not have a structure but talk about how important that is for you. I think it's super important. I mean, the, you've got to have this structure around you, both the team dynamic and then to everybody else's point on here, the the, the family at home dynamic. But you know, our team at, at Legion Healthcare Partners, it's it's all we're all in. And and to um, Amy's point, you know, we struggled just a little bit in all this, and then you quickly find the opportunity and where can you add value? And you can only do that with the structure. Um, and, you know, structure, and we can merge that to culture, which I'm sure Lotus can touch on. Um, but that becomes your, your lockdown core of achieving what that mission is. Um, and you've got to have that. That's the foundation. Thank you very, very much. Let me turn to the next question. We've got about 10 to 15 minutes left. And, and let me come back to Dan and start there. Dan, resiliency, the ability to pick oneself back up. Like I had someone today, what a great attitude, say to me, 
well, I'm glad I'm retiring in 10 years, not tomorrow. You know, that sort of attitude of like, this will be okay because I've got time to recover and rebuild. What's your advice on people finding resiliency, bouncing back from challenges, you know, setting new normals? Dan, any thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I mean, I think the best thing you could do is surround yourself with positive people, like the people on this call. Like, you just can't isolate uh, on your own and get there, you know, uh, by yourself. Uh, I think you do need to surround yourself with people. And, you know, and in my experience, and I think probably all of ours, you know, in, in times of crisis or chaos, you know, or confusion, two things happen. You know, character is revealed and, and leaders emerge, you know, so I think it's it's really a time for all of us to show what we're made of and show our character and to help others get to the other side and, and be leaders. And, you know, the, the one frame I use for people quite a bit, and I stole this uh, quote um, uh, a long, long time ago, uh, but I've used it a lot since, uh, which is, you know, um, X marks the spot, you know, the, the rest of our life begins today. You know, so whatever's happened, good or bad in the past, you know, there's very little we can do about it. Um, you know, and it's hard to use that around, you know, just this situation. But if you're talking about bouncing back from challenges in general, um, the most important thing to do is to put in your rear view mirror, you know, take what you can learn from it, you know, and move forward. Um, the, um, the advice I give to people is, you know, kind of experiences are like marbles in a jar, you know, and you want to get as many marbles in there as you can, you know, so um, when you look at it from that lens, you know, when things go bad, you actually get kind of excited. Because uh, there's an opportunity to learn, you know, in that moment. And uh, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you want to look at it, uh, we're, we're going to have a lot of opportunity to learn a lot here. Um, and we have a choice. You know, we could either uh, be positive and, and productive and proactive, um, or we can sit on our heels and wait. Um, and I think you have to look into the future um, versus day to day. And, you know, this may take until August um, to get back to semi-normal. Honestly, it could take much longer than that. Hopefully it'll be shorter, um, but, but set a time frame out realistically into the future and, um, you know, embrace, embrace the now and, and try to be part of the fix. Well, I think that's fantastic. There's three or four things that, that touch there. I, I love the X marks the spot. Yesterday was yesterday, but today we're starting going forward. I also love this concept of surround yourself with positive people. Everybody's going to be challenged right now, but the more they look at it through a positive focus of, you know, this will be a magnificent learning experience for so many. It'll reset lots of patterns for so many, and hopefully people will come out of this in the long run. Yes, it will be a challenge, but with a lot of learning and a lot of personal growth, um, and a lot of purpose. So I, I, I love your comments, Dan. Thank you. Well, what, what, the one thing I'll say, and this is just to what Rick was sharing, you know, I mean, yes, you know, it's probably challenging. <laughs> My kids are 17 and 19, so Rick has more challenges probably with his kids at home. But then again, they get to see their father working, you know, and, you know, that is not um, something that a lot of kids get exposed to uh, nowadays. Um, and it's kind of a wonderful thing. Um, so I think this is the moment that our kids will remember for the rest of their lives. And if we treat it as such, um, you know, family dinners, family walks, um, there's a lot of, um, you know, family conversations that we wouldn't have had uh, that we're having now. Um, and I think we have to embrace those things and forget about the rest. Good point. I think that's, that's great advice. This is an opportunity for bonding, for family, for education, for a whole ton of things. 
Um, and as we get out of this to the other end, hopefully a lot of those lessons stick with us and they're positive lessons. Amy, your thoughts on resilience and bouncing back? Sure, so a few suggestions. First, I think you wanna, it's really helpful to me at least to think about how I wanna look back on a particular challenge or situation and then begin with that end in mind. Um, because we will get to the point to the other side where we're looking back on this and how we show up and how we handle this time um, will say a lot about us. So thinking about that, how you want to look back is helpful to me. And then again, triaging. Um, this is probably not the time to insist on your house being perfectly clean every moment of the day or having perfect meals every day. Um, think about what's really important. Um, also drawing on your community. So our, my godchildren are 12 and 13, and let's just say they're not thrilled with being home right now. And their mom reached out and asked me to come up with projects for them. So I, I came up with 10 different missions that I sent her last night for them to work on today. And I was happy to do that. So um, drawing on people in your community and your personal life, but then also in your career, I mentioned before how members of our attorney mastermind groups are reaching out to each other um, and drawing on that, the community that they've built. So being willing to be vulnerable with other people going through the same thing um, and sharing resources and providing accountability and support is a huge asset that you'll only get if you ask for it. Um, I think you also want to remind yourself of other challenges you've conquered. I often ask my clients to do this and they say, well, I've never conquered anything like this, but that's usually because they've forgotten the things that they've overcome that seemed so major at the times. But I think reflecting on how you've already conquered other challenges is helpful. Um, and looking at people you admire, I read a lot of biographies and autobiographies, and no one who has a life worth chronicling in a biography or autobiography has not overcome challenges, so that can be instructive. Um, and then Grit by Angela Duckworth is a book that I really recommend to help you look at overcoming challenges as a learning experience. I know a lot of people in healthcare probably don't have time to pick up a book right now, but um, even if you're just listening to the audiobook, I think that can be really useful. Um, and then thinking about how you can enhance skills, even while you're going through a challenge, having some time each day where you're working on something that's all encompassing, whether that's Spanish or, you know, doing an online Pilates class or whatever it is. And we've actually seen a lot of growth in the uptick of people who are taking our executive presence quiz. Um, my feeling is that there are a lot of people who are online looking for ways to improve professional skills. Um, and so more people are taking advantage of those online resources. And then finally, um, giving grace to yourself and those around you. None of us have been in this position before and everyone's going to make mistakes and just um, acknowledging that and just um, being appreciative and grateful for the things that we have, I think is so important now or during any challenge. Fantastic. Amy, I heard four or five different things there and I want to make sure I capture them right. Sort of looking at this and thinking as you go through it, how will you look back at this and sort of your behavior doing it and so forth? You know, and, and, and how you performed. Drawing on community, you gave the example of your uh, relative or the, the person who's the godmother of their children asking you for ideas and thoughts, and they drew on you as a community. Other of us drawing on others and so forth and volunteering and helping however we can. Third is that there is greatness in overcoming challenges. I mean, no one would have thought that Winston Churchill is an unbelievable leader, but for him leading the nation – Great Britain, United Kingdom through World War II, um, and, and so forth. And then you also mentioned using this as a time, don't let this go to waste, use it as a time as you can to enhance skills. Uh, it, it won't be for me that home Pilates class because I look so silly, 
but it, but it could be enhancing other kinds of skills and taking care of yourself and doing other kinds of things. So thank you for those. Lotus, let me turn to you just in the interest of time to keep on moving along. Lotus, your thoughts on resilience and how do people bounce back from things like this? Yeah, so four things come to mind for me when I think of people who have high resiliency. And number one is the ability to stay calm, right? So in a crisis like this, the people that are making a big difference, you, you need to be calm to be able to think um, clearly to address the issues that are happening. The second piece is courage, right? When we think about our healthcare workers, for example, high courage. Um, these people are putting their lives and their families, they're, they're sacrificing a lot and putting a lot at risk in order to take care of not just our patients, but truly our community and our country right now. Um, the third thing that I think of is nimbleness. So if you have high re resiliency, you're able to flex as things change. So change is constant to you and you're able to adapt to change very easily because you're very nimble. And the last one is resourcefulness. And so Dan and Amy both touched on this. Dan had talked about surrounding yourself with positive people and Amy talked about community. Those are two key ways for you to start becoming more resourceful. If you have relationships that are built already in a time like this, those are the resources that you count on to be able to overcome things. What I'll say, overcome um, what doesn't seem possible to other people. So overcoming the impossible. Thank you. I heard stay calm, courage, nimbleness. And Lotus, can you give me the fourth again for one moment? Um, being resourceful. Yes, and, and being resourceful and looking at multiple different ways to fix things, solve things, do things, and so forth, and so fantastic. And these would be keys to staying sane during this and also being resilient so you're okay on the other end of this. If you if you overstress over everything, it's finding ways not to do that so you could stay sort of focused and positive and be, oh, my God, be prepared to rebound as things get better is it, sort of how we look at that. And, and so important as a company, as an individual, as everything – to sort of keep yourself calm enough, don't overreact, react sharply and panic early, but be ready to be back in the game when things do turn some and start to be, uh, life gets back to a new normal. Rick, thoughts from you on resilience, and then we'll go to Jordan. Yeah, I mean, I think resilience is is a critical, you know, behavior or you know way of reacting um you know we i often refer to it as grit and you know i think when i see people exhibiting types of behaviors that show me that they have grit you know it really reinforces to me uh, how important it is i mean i think you know oftentimes we may run into a situation with a client where you know maybe the relationship is is the best or they aren't as you know collaborative as as we'd like them to be and and that's a pretty mild case of, of a situation where we need to exhibit grit in, the, in these circumstances. But, you know, oftentimes we see people either take those situations and, and, and kind of run from them or kind of run at them and say, hey, we're going to you know, maybe fix this relationship with this client. We're going to invest the time that it takes to change their mentality or change how they react when we ask them questions. So, you know, I really look at, you know, grit in saying, you know, can do our people, do the people that work with me and, and work on engagements that I'm leading, do they exhibit grit? And usually if they do, those are the engagements that tend to be the most productive and the most 
uh, economically, you know, viable for the firm. So those are characteristics we look for all the time with our people. And, and, and how do you define that grit? I mean, we sort of know when we see it, it's like many things, but how do you define that as someone that, you know, it's like Lotus would talk about those physicians that are running towards us versus away from it. She would talk about people like herself that have the choice to do more stuff remote, but are making sure they're front and present to give courage to others. How do you see that grit? Do you see it in people they've adjusted from home and they're not making 30 excuses why they can't get on the call with the client? How do you see that grit? How does that play through to you? I think that's a good example, um, you know, not making excuses. I mean, we all have, you know, have challenges, especially, you know, today. I mean, there's there's connectivity challenges. There's, you know, challenges with, with noises in your house that maybe aren't usually there if you're in the office, things of that nature. But, you know, I, you know, for instance, today, you know, I have three kids at my house. I didn't want to take the call from my house. I can't go to my office. So, you know, I drove around the corner and, and set up my MiFi and, and connected via my MiFi to make sure I could be connected, be on this phone and not have distractions. So, you know, I think exhibiting those things that go one level beyond maybe just showing up and, and thinking about, you know, some of those external factors that might influence how a circumstance kind of uh, takes course. So I think being thoughtful of how you react in certain circumstances like today I think shows grit thank you very much and we appreciate you making the effort to get out of the house particularly with an incredibly well-behaved infant and two other kids to make the call from a different spot but also social isolating it's amazing how many conference calls have been done for many of us for years in the car and how many more will be done that way going forward it seems like mm -hmm. Jordan your thoughts on this sort of um, resilience? How do people bounce back from this? People like me are old enough to have seen different crises in our lifetime, uh, you know, whether it's 2008, 1987, the, um, you know, obviously 9-11, but affected all of us in very different ways. The thing about this crisis is it will touch every single one of us some in a, in, a, in a way where someone will die in the family or extended family, but, but most of us not. Most of us it will affect economically and stress-wise and family-wise and so forth. How do you bounce back from things like this? You know, where's that resilience and what advice on it? Absolutely, and I think some of that resilience ties to the drive we talk about, but some of the, the things I'll look at is you've got to be able to define the importance of the job or the task um, that are in front of you, that way then you can define what are your boundaries and, as Amy said, your non-negotiables, what's your comfort level, and then you can define those limitations, knowing that those limitations aren't, aren't a ceiling. Um, you have to be able to see the end, and, and to Rick's point, you know, how much are you willing to invest to get to the end goal, um, knowing that there's going to be hurdles and that there's going to be knockdowns, and I think this is the resilience and you've got to have patience in the process. I think all of us right now, you know, there's some, like you said, running towards it, some running away from it, some that are adapting to the process. But ultimately, if it's going to work, you got to have patience and, and some level of drive and resilience to that process. Um, and I, I think we see, um, you know, let's take the coronavirus situation off the table. But I think that's why and when people meet some obstacles or some resistance, sometimes you know, people have that tendency to quit maybe because it's because there's comfort, they're comfortable, there's outside um, influencing factors. But 
it's ultimately just boils down to that bounce back of what level of sacrifice are you are you willing to make? And to Dan's point, we're going to see a lot of people get defined during this um, you know, time of where resilience is needed, where actions are going to have to align with words because there's a lot of talk. But do your actions align with words? And actions always align. You'll you always see that alignment over time. Time is always going to expose that. Now with things needing immediate attention, it just kind of accelerates it. So that's the resilience is you've got to be able to define define those boundaries thank you and and let me ask our guest i'm going to go around one more time um really just one final thought on resilience jordan i'll start with you just in the quickest way possible your your best thoughts on resilience bouncing back and and then how people reach you or learn more about you Jordan. So my best thoughts, uh, absolutely. My best thoughts on resilience and, and bouncing back is again, um, define for yourself what are your what are you willing to give up and what are you willing to sacrifice to not sacrifice your integrity and character so that your actions align with your words. Um, and to reach me further, um, you can find me at it's just legionhp.com. Uh, my contact information's on there. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, that's probably another easy way to to find me. And there's also a website called Legacy by Impact that you can find. So there's all all kinds of ways. I'm happy to talk to anybody. Thank you very much, Rick. Your best thoughts on resilience, and then how do people reach you? Um, you know, resilience. I think you know is to me it's just showing up every day and putting your best foot forward. I mean, it's sort of cliche, but I mean, I think you know like some of some of the folks have said earlier it's kind of keeping your same routine being who you are you know and and showing up and and, and trying your best and, and really trying to think outside the box of how you could be better I think shows resiliency um you know to find me probably the easiest way is LinkedIn uh just search for Rick Cass um you know K-E-S there's only one S in Cass but uh, I know it sounds like there's probably more than one S but there's just one um, you know, otherwise, of course, we have our, our website, rsmus.com, uh, which has tons of resources, many of which, you know, I help produce and, and, and curate. So uh, always happy to be a resource for anybody looking for really anything related to healthcare or, you know, any of the topics we discussed today. Thank you very, very much, Rick. And it's always a pleasure visiting with you. Just incredibly sharp and incredibly good person. Lotus, the same with you. Uh, one thought on resilience, and then how do people learn more about you? Yeah, I think with what we're going through um, in our society right now with the virus, it's really important if you are finding it hard to be resilient right now, one of the best things you can do is to help others become resilient because that way you will be as well. So find ways to help other people um, in your community, in your family, in your workplaces that need some help getting through this right now. And that will be a good distractor to help you get through this as well. Um, I can be found on lotusbuckner.com. That's my website. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at lotusbuckner. And so that is, I love the, the best piece of advice out there is if you find ways to help others, you'll be resilient yourself. And that's about as good as it gets. Lotus, is that a fair sentiment? Absolutely. Yes. I think that that's how we get through this. If you're having a 
hard time finding a way to get through this, I think that's one of the best ways that um, you can attempt. Thank you very, very much. Uh, Amy, your thoughts, best thought on resilience and how do people learn more about you and your partner, Keith? Um, I think the most important thing is to remember that we're all in this together um, and to draw on your community and give yourself and others grace. Um, if I can be of service, uh, please reach out. I'm happy to talk to people who are um, dealing with all of this. You can connect to me and to Apochromatic on LinkedIn. Um, our website, apochromatic.com, also has resources on supervising remote workers and working remotely. So if this is something that's new for you, you might want to check those out. And if you're looking to enhance your executive presence, or maybe you work with people who could use more executive presence, you can send them to enhancedep.com to take our assessment of their executive presence and then get tips on how to improve it. So that's enhancedep.com. Thank you, Amy, very much. And, and Dan, quick to round up as the cleanup hitter, quick thought on resilience, and then um, you know, how do people learn more about Strata and yourself? Yeah, thanks, Scott, and appreciate your hosting this today. I think, you know, when it comes to really resiliency, uh, I just think you have to have a positive perspective. That That's the key. So the quote I'll give you is, uh, there's a Japanese poet, uh, and his quote was, the barn's burnt down, now I can see the moon. And I think that's um, the perspective we have to take here. If you look at the history of the Dow Jones, the six worst days in terms of point drops, have all happened in the last 20 days. Um, so the barn's definitely burnt down. <laughs> and so I think we, uh, you know, as much bad news as we've had, there may be some more ahead. And, and all we can do for each other and for those around us is to be positive, to see the other side of this and to help others get there. Uh, so to reach me, uh, you can reach out to dan at stratadecision.com. And our website is www.stratadecision.com. Thank you very much. I, I want to thank our audience. I want to thank Dan, Amy, Lotus, Rick, as, as well as Jordan. I thank you so much for joining us. Just a pleasure and just so uplifting for me, at least, to hear all your thoughts on motivation and resilience in a in a clearly a challenging time for a lot of us. But but so many great thoughts, and I'll. I'll I, Love the last quote. It, it's when the when the barn has been burnt down, and I'll bastardize it, Dan. Of course, when the barn has been burnt down, you could clearly see sort of the moon or the stars or the sun or whatever you want to call it. I know I hit it wrong, but I think that's a magnificent way to look at this as we move forward. So, so thank you all for joining us. Thank you to our producer Jeremy Core of Executive Podcasting Services. Just fantastic. Thank you all. <laughs>